fun to sit down and describe this movie to somebody who hadn't seen it. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to suggest until he said he was watching it. I was like, oh, yeah. all right. Um, all right. So I guess we're doing like a special Halloween edition episode of the show. Is that what's going on? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably going to go up right after we get done recording. So. Sure. Uh, so, uh, we were off last week. We're going to be off probably for another week. Maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> but we decided to sit down and talk about the new Halloween movie. Cause <laughs> don't say it with happy. an excited voice. Nobody's excited. We, sh- <laughs> we should always be happy when a new Halloween movie comes out. Right. We're supposed to be. <laughs> so, uh, this is going to be spoilerific. So everybody be warned. If for some reason you do want to watch this and you haven't watched it yet, maybe uh, don't listen yet. I would suggest listen. Save yourself a few bucks. (laughs) There is that too, I guess. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I don't know. Get ahead of our review. Since you just finished watching it, do you want to run down what Halloween Ends is all about? Yeah. So I think they said it's four years after the end of Kills. Yep. Is that right? Well, the first uh, the first opening scene is one year after and then everything else is three years after that. So, yeah, 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 yeah. OK. Yeah. So it starts one year after dude's babysitting a little kid who's being a little shit, little shit, locks him in an attic room. Uh, he freaks out, kicks the door open, knocks kid over a railing, kid falls four stories and uh, uh, hits that ground real good. <laughs> Yes, the term splat should be used when describing that scene. I wouldn't even call it a splat because he bounces a little. It's it's a real good it's a real good crunchy bounce. <sighs> I didn't even think the kid was that bad. I thought that Corey guy was kind of a douche anyway. Yeah. Well it's a combination of the two. There is a sure. an element of panic when you get locked into a room like that. So I mean I do see it's it's interesting because it is such a freak. It's like a freak accident thing. Like that kid shouldn't have been probably yeah. harassing him from the other side of the door. Uh, so then we jump three more years into the future. Uh, that kid got off on something. I don't I don't quite understand if he was found innocent or he pled out to some kind of lesser charge since it was an accident. It's not really explained in the film, and it's one of my problems with the film, is that, like, I think the implication is that they charged him with, like, involuntary manslaughter, and he got off, because it's not, he didn't do anything wrong, he just kicked a door open. Yeah. So, a bunch of the neighborhood douchebags harass him all the time, because he's the local child murderer, as as one is wont to do. Uh, Laurie Strode has somehow magically gotten better from all of her issues from the previous two movies. We're just going <laughs> to we're just right. gonna skip over. We'll uh, just they jump that shit. She's now writing listen, a memoir. They have a line of dialogue that says she's better. So she's better. That's why you have voiceovers in movies. Noah. So you don't have to show everything. Well, yeah. you know, you know what the fucked up thing is? Well, let me finish. Let me finish the thing. We'll come back to that. <laughs> right, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll derail this thing so fucking hard. I, I'm already upset that you said the fucked up thing. It's not. That's not right. acceptable. Uh, 
So basically what happens is through shenanigans, uh, new murder kid bumps into Michael Myers and they make eye contact and Michael Myers, I don't know, falls in love with him. I don't know if they ever use his wizard magic on him. I I have listened to several reviews of this to try to get some comprehensive answer as to what happens in that scene. And I don't believe I don't I don't believe what I don't think so. That's we'll we'll discuss it as we go. I mean, really, the, where they fucked up again in this movie is that when a kid uh, goes into a sewer and comes across a magical wizard who then gives him his powers, you're supposed to say his name and transform. That's the way it works. Michael Myers is the new Shazam wizard living in the sewer. <laughs> Honestly, that makes as much. All right, keep going. We'll, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll, get, we'll go so, through this in detail. So, uh, new murder boy is horny for Laurie Strode's granddaughter from the, the prior sequels. Uh, and she's into him, even though there's some red flags flying around pretty quick that she seems to be working real hard to ignore. But, uh, yeah. So basically we end up with, uh, Friday the 13th, the new blood, but with, fucking uh, murder boy instead of Roy. And then occasionally we see Michael Myers hobbling around because he's homie half dead from getting mangled in the last movie, which I I actually kind of approve of because he should be. He's all fucked up. (laughs) Counterpoint, he's half dead in some of the scenes when it's convenient. Listen, he has batteries that are damaged and they're clearly charged by murder. The more he murders, the stronger he gets. They established this in the last movie. <laughs> All right. You know, the uh, no, is, no is not wrong. Yeah, it's. <sighs> All right. Let's keep going. Well, when we're done, it's the, the plot mechanics. It's the mechanics then we'll of go new Halloween. He is a robot who runs on murder. The more murder he does, the more murder he can do. Yeah, and that's it. And then we, and then of course we have the the final conflict where I don't know, Murder Boy gets shot a couple times and then suicides himself, and then Laurie fucking just absolutely decimates Michael in about three minutes because once again he's half perfect murder machine and half hobbly old bastard. I like how you just glossed over the fact that the Cory kid is shot by Laurie and he's dead. But then he's not really dead, so he kills himself and then he's dead. But then he's not really dead, so then Michael kills him. <laughs> yeah, there's a few there's a few fakies. Uh yeah, and then uh to make sure that no sequels can be done again, they feed uh Michael Myers corpse into one of those big industrial shredders. Yeah. The whole town is on it, so they have to have like a parade to it. Yeah. Yes. Although apparently they didn't learn shit from Nightmare on Elm Street because they just turned Michael Myers into a super super murder ghost. <laughs> the sequels continue. All right. So where where are we going to start? Uh, Wait, this movie's fucking terrible. Let's scroll it back. Does anybody want to say that this is a good movie? I don't want to I don't want to make assumptions for your position. Well, Brian has been clear. OK, so I'm not going to say it's a terrible movie. It's a terrible entry into the franchise and it's kind of nonsense. But 
lots of horror movies are nonsense, so I can't really begrudge it that much on that. And so I want to I, I want to come in in the middle here and say I agree it's not a good entry in the Halloween franchise. Also, it's a poorly made film because they don't know how to tell a story and because they don't know what the word trilogy means. <laughs> and right. they don't know what a character is and they don't know how towns work and they don't know how humans work and they don't. <laughs> <sighs> it's like they pitched their idea for the, for the 2018 one. And they were like, yeah, we love it. Let's do three of them. And the filmmakers were like, huh? And then they kind of came up with an idea for the second one. And then they're like, don't forget we're doing a third one. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck. Completely <laughs> forgot about that. And then they just threw something together so they could turn it in and then move on to a new project. Yeah. It's I, it, it, so it, it reeks of that last season of Game of Thrones where the filmmakers were told, like, you can make two seasons if you want, because that's if that's how long it'll take to tell this story. And they went, nah, we'll stuff it all into one. That's what this movie kind of feels like. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, we'll pick it apart in order. So not mentally ill, Laurie Strode. I actually stupid. no. I. So here's the thing. It is stupid because of the prior two movies. Agreed. Yeah, exactly. But this would have been a better lorry had those other two movies not have been made. Because I think Psycho fucking Doomsday Prepper lorry was just weird. It, 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 yeah. They pushed they were pushing that shit way too hard to try to make her this badass character and it's like but she's badass anyway. Like she doesn't yeah. need that. See, if they had had her as this character, right? And so she like the character she is in the beginning of this movie, the happy grandma whose biggest problem is that she burns a pie, right? If they had her presenting that to the world, but then when she closes the door at night, we see a bunch of extra locks and stuff. And we know that like, or we see her like with a gun in her office, things like that, where you're like, okay, so she's... She's doing all this stuff, but in like a semi reasonable way, like where you're like, okay, she's scared shitless, but she doesn't want to show that to the world. She's trying to be a good grandma. She's trying to live a normal life, but she's still like paranoid because of the damage Michael did to her, the psychological damage. That would be more interesting character wise than either she's super happy or she's fucking Sarah Connor. Like, the idea of a complicated character who's had years to move on with her life, but has is still affected by the events of the from 1978 is interesting. The idea of she's a superhero who's been prepping her whole life for this battle that was never coming. We learned that in the second film that Michael was never actually after her. Um, that's vaguely interesting, but not really. It's not interesting. It's just good fodder for a film. The idea of having her try to be both of these things is it doesn't work at all. Like you can't just end one movie where we've had seen her that she spent 40 years becoming a certain person and then have a line of dialogue where it says, and then everything was fixed. It literally voiceover says that it's like, well, right. I corrected everything and no, that's not good storytelling. And it, it doesn't even serve this movie because as this movie progresses, she immediately begins to revert back to the other character. 
So you're not even serving this film by having her be this happy-go-lucky person. This particular movie, even as a standalone movie, would be better served by her still showing emotional scars from what happened in the beginning. And that way, when she starts to go after Corey later on, it would be there would be something interesting about that. It wouldn't be stupid, which it's stupid in this movie. Cause in this movie, it's literally, she fucking loves Corey. And then she looks out the window and has a flashback to the time she looked out the window and Michael was there. And now she fucking hates Corey because they don't know how to write characters. And they don't know how to write character arcs or they just choose not to. Yeah. And Sorry, I, I might have been frustrated by that part of the film. And this any, might happen a lot any, as we go through this. <laughs> any problem I had with that was you just covered. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was going to say, and then so problem number two is we have not Michael Michael killing people. Which is not great. <laughs> it, so, it, it's been done in other horror franchises. Not a good plan. But here's the thing that I the thing that they were doing at the very beginning with it, I was kind of like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of into that. This this dude who kind of sees Michael as uh, almost like some kind of weird avenging ghost that he's feeding his enemies to. Yeah. You know, so, setting them up to be killed by Michael. I'm into that. That's not terrible. I'll even go as far as I like the Corey storyline in a very general sense will get like when you get into the specifics, they fuck it up. But the idea that this town of Haddonfield has been, you know, affected by Michael and it's they're darker and meaner than they should be. And then you have this kid who had this accident and everybody just kind of turned on him and his life kind of went to shit. He was going to go be an engineer and instead he works in his uncle's shop. You know, he's, getting bullied by high school kids, even though he's in his mid twenties, which to me is just lazy script writing. Um, but you know, the idea that they drive him to become a murderer and that he sort of ends up going from like living in fear of Michael Myers, like everybody else does and becomes wanting to be more like Michael Myers to, to go and take this revenge. It's interesting. And another podcast I listened to pointed out that it's, He's effectively um, the character from Christine, right? He's bullied and he's pushed oh, around completely. and eventually he, yeah. And that like the name is even similar and everything. And he works in this like scrapyard that kind of looks like the place from Christine. Like it's all done in a yeah. way where it's clearly a tribute to that. I didn't pick up on it. I, full disclosure, somebody yeah. else did. And that's yeah, not a terrible they, idea. They even get to the point where he doesn't need his glasses anymore. Yeah. Like it's a complete like, let's take this other John Carpenter movie and fold some of this stuff into it which which is kind of an interesting idea to to kind yeah. of merge but the problem is first of all like it gets to the point where you're like is michael like training him is this like rocky and creed is that what's going on here <laughs> like that's that's how it's starting to feel and it's like i don't understand like somewhere they have to be like it's like he's they're he's going down to that sewer and like no it says the idea that he's he knows where Michael Myers is and he's leading people down there and letting them get killed is kind of interesting. Like, I don't hate that idea. And yeah. the idea, you could leading people down there and Michael killing him is good. My, but yeah, the whole Mr. Brooks thing with uh, him becoming Michael's like assistant. 
Yeah, like when they start working is, as a tag is team, weird. Because it necessitates, like at one point, okay, they go well, to... Well, it, ne- it necessitates Michael being a person with motivations, which he is not. That yes. is the entire purpose of that character. He is just a mindless murder machine. Yeah. And it, I'll take it a step further. It At one point, they go to, like, that doctor's house. And they're going to kill the doctor and the nurse that he's sleeping with because Corey's mad that... Lori's granddaughter didn't get the promotion. Okay. That's fine. I'm fine with them wanting to kill those people. What I'm not fine with is that in order for that scene to have happened, they have, there has to be like a, a table down there. And Corey went down with like a pen and paper and drew it out and showed it to Michael. Like you sneak in this way and I'll come around the back and then I'll get the doctor and you hide over here to pop out. And Michael's just nodding along going, yeah, I see what you want to do here. Like that makes total sense. <laughs> like, it, it can't fucking happen with the Michael Myers from the 78 film and the 2018 film. And, you know, it could happen if you if you told this story outside of the Halloween franchise with a different killer. That could happen. But to, te- to do it with Michael Myers doesn't work because he's not going to have a partner all of a sudden. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Why would he? How could he? He hasn't spoken to, to anyone to our knowledge, at this point, he hasn't spoken since 1960s, but he opens up to Corey and they uh, well enough that they can play. He even remembers how to speak at this point. Like, it, it makes no sense. <laughs> well, I'm trying sense. to think. And in every Halloween movie ever since they started, even the bad ones, has Michael ever had someone where he could murder them? They are in his grasp and then not murder them. I think he, like, hesitated a bit with Jamie. In four and five. Yeah, because yeah, there, there's a scene where Loomis tries to get him in the suddenly Victorian Myers house. <laughs> and Jamie's able to kind of talk to him and calm him yeah. down and stuff. But then in part five, I think. Yeah, yeah, part five. But then as soon as he figures out something's up, he goes right back into murder spree mode. Yeah. Okay. So Maybe again, it's just I, been a while since I watched that. And yeah. that one, there, that one is when they were going supernatural with the Michael Myers character and stuff. Which this yeah, film, Michael. maybe, maybe this film isn't going supernatural. We don't know. I mean, there's that weird moment where Michael grabs Corey and they look into each other's eyes, and I don't know. I, for a minute, I thought they were going to kiss. I, I it gives him magic murder wizard powers. I already explained this. I don't. Th- I'm not sure if he does though. I think my best guess is that what the filmmakers are trying to tell us. And I admit it's a guess because certainly you can't confirm this by watching the movie is that what they're trying to tell us is that when they locked eyes, they kind of saw something in each other. And Myers, the same way, like, you know, Loomis always talked about Michael Myers's eyes and stuff. Myers is seeing in Corey's eyes what other people saw in Michael's eyes. And he's like, oh, I don't get to kill this guy. He's like, he's one of us. But it makes no sense because the whole point of Michael Myers is that he kills indiscriminately somewhat at random that there's no cause for it. Whereas the whole point of the Corey character is that he is a normal kid who had some bad luck and it started him down a bad path and he was bullied by people half his age until they threw him off a bridge and now he becomes a murderer. And those are two very different stories. They're not the same person. So why would they feel this kinship when they lock eyes like that? I can understand why Corey would start looking up to Michael because he starts to his storyline is that he would 
gradually move more and more towards actually wanting to kill people. And it starts with people who fuck with him and eventually turns into anyone that he has a problem with. Yeah. And why was Michael moving closer and closer to being an angsty 20 something? (sighs) So I mean, I guess I didn't pick that up. (laughs) Uh, Maybe, maybe if you're making a movie, and you have this whole franchise that is beloved and you have tons of money on the line, maybe make your film in such a way that the audience knows what is happening at every scene and doesn't have to have long conversations about what the hell was going on. That's just my suggestion to future filmmakers out there. Like make it clear what is going on. Is this supernatural? Is it love at first sight? I don't fucking know. The whole scene makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking with wizard powers. <laughs> all right, Corey. Corey I, fucked you, up. All all he had to do was shout Michael Myers, and he would have transformed into his Michael Myers form. Then he could <laughs> share it with his siblings later on to help. Right, them. right, exactly. Yeah. All right, okay. he could have taken Laurie out if he had like three or four of his like foster siblings with him at the final battle. You're right. Yeah. <sighs> So I had two theories on this movie while it was happening. And I was like, these are going to be horrible revelations. Turned out I was wrong, but the movie was still worse than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. So number one, I thought there was going to be no Michael Myers. That the whole Michael thing was in his head that he just randomly found him down in the sewer is weird. Okay. So I'm like, oh, there's no Michael Myers. He's just sort of imagining it, Michael Myers and that he starts killing people because this imaginary Michael Myers is sort of lead him to do it or whatever. Yeah. So, something thought, like uh, he found, he found Michael's corpse or something took the well, mask my, and went crazy. My thought was going to be, there was no like the, uh, in between movies, which is why I thought was horrible. But like after the last movie, the town came together, like killed him. And then, like, buried him somewhere. Because on the radio, there is a guy going over, like, conspiracy theories that, like, yeah, Michael Myers is actually dead. And so I was like, oh, so they're going to they're gonna play the Nightmare on Elm Street thing where the, the town got together, killed him, hit his body somewhere. And then everybody just went back to their normal lives, which would explain yep. why, why uh, Lori is suddenly fine. Because help. she literally literally knows that Michael Myers is not just hiding out somewhere for the last four years. That, so that turned out to be false. I was getting ready to say that that theory was a way probably would have been better than the one I was worried about. Uh, which one was that? I thought so her writing her book. I thought at the end of the movie, we were going to find out that like all of this was bullshit. That it's that it's Lori writing a book about everything and it's her writing her version of what the end of the story should be. And Michael comes in at the last scene and just slices her throat. Oh, you, oh well, no, I take it back. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so then my second theory was that when Corey runs into that homeless guy that's down there. Mm hmm. And he's like, I am Michael Myers. Go get me my mask or whatever. 
I thought we were going to find out that actually was Michael Myers. Like he's just got so fucked up that now he's just some like weak, frail, like old homeless guy that's shuffling around town. Okay. And then, and then Corey kills him and then sort of becomes the new Michael Myers because of that. And I well, thought that was terrible too. But my, my theories was, and kind of still is that the intention of the filmmakers was that when Corey goes and steals Michael's mask, that Corey was going to kill Michael Myers and take up the mantle. And it would end the final confrontation of the film would be Corey versus Lori. You maybe even have Corey win that fight. And the whole town thinks Michael Myers killed Lori, but really it was Corey. And he moves on so that then you can do more sequels moving ahead with him as the killer. Yeah. That's where I thought they were heading. And then I think that probably Mustafa Akkad was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, or whoever is in charge of, like, I don't know if he's I, even still alive, but whoever took over for him is just like, no, 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 no. Michael Myers, Laurie is the final battle. So the fact that the whole movie isn't leading up to that doesn't matter. That's the final battle. I was, I was concerned that they were going full shocker for a second. And that the whole <laughs> eye contact moment was somehow wizard Michael Myers putting his soul into a new body so that sure. he could keep killing people. And that the okay. movie was going to be that Corey's slowly going crazy because it's Michael Myers taking him over. Okay, can we can we back away from our weird fan theories about why the movie would suck and move on to why the movie actually sucked, though? Because I think that that's what we're forgetting here. <laughs> because well, but the reason why all these theories exist is because their movie was so poorly put together that it allowed for a ridiculous amount of conjecture that that's a very valid point but i think we stumbled across a couple of more stupid plot points that we should talk about one of which is michael myers living in that sewer for four years that really doesn't entirely make sense how he survived but also doesn't coincide with the end of the last movie and then the second problem with that is that there was a homeless guy that lived just outside the door and Michael was just, he was okay with it. He just let that guy be there. <laughs> like <laughs> why, why just that guy? Like, you know, like it's almost more ridiculous than the moment with Corey is the idea that there's this guy. First of all, this homeless guy's living under a bridge in like a tent. Okay. Which the unhoused is a, is a problem in modern society that we need to address, but that's going on. Okay, and Michael Myers is living in a sewer pipe, like, right there. But Michael Myers doesn't kill that guy. And that guy knows that Michael Myers does kill other people who happen to walk by. But that other guy, he doesn't, A, maybe report these murders that he's witnessed, or B, fucking pack up his tent and go live under a different bridge, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're living under a bridge, and every night when you go to sleep, there's a guy in a sewer pipe right there who you know murders. And you know is like the town pride of the whole town. You could be a hero in this town by going to the townsfolk and being like, Michael Myers is in that fucking sewer pipe. And they go in there and they get Michael and then you're not homeless anymore. Like they, they'd make, they'd probably get, at least get you a small apartment. Uh, but he just doesn't, he just, he's fine with it. He just fine living there for how, for four years, I guess he's been living next to Michael Myers and just no problem with that. It doesn't make any fuck. None of that makes sense. <laughs> Other than the fact that they just wanted a homeless guy to coincidentally be there when Corey came out the first time. But that, like, that's not how you do, tell a story. You don't have a bunch of shit not make sense just so you can get the scene you want. That's called poor filmmaking. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. So, you know what the weirdest part about this whole movie is? The Corey character and his like descent into murderers becoming a murderer. I actually think it's an interesting story and that the actor does a pretty good job. Now, the problem is he's a 25 year old actor who's forced to do scenes where he's being bullied by 80s, 80s high school students <laughs> and play that off like it's serious. And I don't know how he's supposed to do that, but I think he does it all right. And I think the idea of like a Corey movie, if this like if this movie wasn't called Halloween and there was no Michael Myers in it, nor Louis Laurie Strode in it. And you took that actor and gave him a movie about this guy who accidentally kills a kid. He's babysitting. The town turns on him. He's driven to madness and eventually becomes a killer. I think there's there could be a good movie there that the, the idea isn't terrible. The actor's good. It's just. You're, you're jamming it into an existing franchise and not only an existing franchise, but an existing trilogy within that franchise that is already established and moving along. You know, speaking of crappy eighties bullies. Yeah. Were you guys really disappointed that fucking mullet McBibs got killed off screen? Yep. And there was a couple of kills that happened off screen and I'm just like the, the kills that happened on screen. Most of them decent, right? But the ones that happened off screen, I'm just like, why is it like the only thing you have going for you in this movie is kills. Maybe put them all on screen. <laughs> like, well, especially mullet McBibs. The second you see that dude in this movie, you're like, yeah, that dude's that dude's yeah. a goner. Yeah. <laughs> so. Ugh. This is a frustrating movie to watch. If we want to talk about how they how they screwed up the the Corey story, though, can we talk about his relationship with Lori's granddaughter? How like first of all, he's getting bullied by high school kids, so Lori like steps in to help him. That part I'm like, okay, like Lori would do that. Then she's like immediately sees this guy like sitting against a dumpster bleeding. And it's like, oh, man, and I came up with my granddaughter. <laughs> that's, that's a, this this guy who's like an adult riding a bike to a job that he clearly hates and is stopped to buy chocolate milk. Uh, I'm going to immediately try to set him up with my daughter, because now that he's bleeding, now I see it in him. The guy that has it. And then Lori's daughter, he walks in and she is just like, I am going to fuck that. That's exactly her reaction. <laughs> she immediately goes from like just normal human being to dirty, dirty whore. She's like, I'm going to throw myself at this guy. She's all over him for reasons I don't get. I, I, I don't I mean, think it, it might just be because her uh, her perspective of men is just so skewed because the only other guy hitting on her in the movie is that fucking tool. Yeah. But yeah, because they like, again, when you're incapable of subtle filmmaking and you want the ex-boyfriend to be murdered, you just make him the biggest douchebag in the world so that it's not a problem. But like that whole thing, too, like she then goes, do you want to go out? And he goes, no, I, uh, no, because like, he's still traumatized and doesn't want to date, which is interesting in and of itself. Then like. She texts him later. I don't even know how she got his number. And now he's like, okay, fine. I will go out with her. This whole movie, this movie ends on Halloween night. Their first date is a Halloween party. So how many days are in between there? Two? 
And yet they play it up like it's this romance that's going on. They act as if they're going to run away together and live together for the rest of their lives. This guy literally is like up in Laurie's face the whole time being like, you can't stop me from being with her. These are like they meet on like a Wednesday and the movie ends on Saturday. What the fuck is going on? Like, again, you could tell that story. You could if you had you had a trilogy. If you wanted this to be the case, you could have put that accidental murder scene at the beginning of the previous film had them meet last movie and have them be in a relationship at the beginning of this movie so that you can then act as if it, there's actually something there but they like they go on one date which ends with him like freaking out and losing his mind on her and then he the next day they're obsessed with each other again and I'm like what what the fuck are you doing? Why are you so incapable of writing human characters? Like, uh, it's frustrating. You're, you're acting like they plan this out. No, I, I recognize that they didn't. I'm saying they should have. <laughs> like, yeah, but the whole, like, I don't understand. You know, like, couldn't you have had, couldn't you have had them meet in like, I don't know, like fuck September. <laughs> if, if you really want them to be in this like real romance where it turns into this, like almost will they, won't they have a Millie, uh, Mickey Mallory thing where they're going to go on a killing spree together. Cause that's what the movie hints at. If you want to do that, don't you have them meet like, you don't have them meet. And then the next day go on that killing spree. That doesn't make any sense for her as a character. She seems normal enough throughout the first opening scenes of the movie. But they just, they weren't interested in writing a good movie. They just wanted to do this instead. And it's like that with everything in the movie. You know, there's this like kind of like on again, off again flirtation with Laurie and the cop from the last movie, which is one of the few things that they actually did kind of set up in the last movie. But then in this movie, because it's plot convenient, they pretend that they did haven't seen each other in four years. Well, how big a town is Haddonfield? No so, how big a town is Haddonfield supposed to be? Like, is it a city where you don't run into anybody? In which case, it doesn't make any sense for all these other plot points. Or is it a small town where you would run into people all the time? And then, like, what have they been having this like little tiny flirtation where they talk about vegetables for four straight fucking years? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, make up your mind what you want to be doing here. Ugh. Ugh. Anybody else have anything else you want to say? I feel like I'm just screaming. <laughs> like, I've been holding this in. Like I walked out of this movie and I like, I like me and my buddy stood in the parking lot and yelled like this for a little while. And then like I was driving home, listening to other people's opinions about it on other podcasts. And I'm just like, <laughs> I hate, like I, and, and I've, I've been bottled up. Like, I feel like I've needed to yell about this for like over a week now. <laughs> yeah. Now this, uh, I just remember as soon as this was over, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, how do you, how do you watch Halloween 2018 and then end on this movie? I, I, like, even from that part of the franchise, these two movies make no sense together. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Like it's again, like it's not, I think a lot of the discussion about this movie that's going on out there is like, well, they tried something new without bringing in the second killer and stuff. And is it, wrong to try something new and it's like no it's wrong to make a shitty movie 
it's it's wrong that this movie doesn't fit in with the other movies in the franchise. You retconned the franchise to say like these movies are so important that we're going to ignore all the other sequels and only the original and now these ones are important. And then you don't even respect that canon? It doesn't make any sense. Like did you guys notice the stupidest thing about this movie? It happens right at the very end. The stupidest thing about this movie is that Lori writes in her book there will be no memorial for Michael Myers and we will allow his memory to fade. She writes it in a book that she intends to publish. (laughs) (laughs) That's how fucking stupid this movie is. That's how stupid this movie is. And that's why it's infuriating. It's not because they brought in this Corey character. He's the best part of it. It's because it's a discombobulated mess with poorly written characters that makes no sense in the context of the overall franchise, even though it's part of a trilogy that they claimed was going to go back and touch on the original. I don't even know why they did that if they weren't going to do it. It's the, the whole climax of the movie is first of all, it's a fist fight between two 70 year olds. And second of all, it's not a climax to the movie we've been watching. The whole movie we've been watching has been about fucking Corey, and the climax is a fight between Michael and Laurie. Make up your fucking mind. If you want to make the movie about Corey, make it about Corey. But don't make it about Corey and then have Michael show up for the climax. And then think you're clever because in the middle he paid tribute to one of the kills from the original. So look at us. We know all about horror movies. <laughs> Uh, I felt like the fight between Michael and Lori was disappointing. Yeah, because first of all, because it wasn't set up throughout the film, right? Like that's, you want, you want your final fight between your two bad guy, your good guy and your bad guy at the end to be something you're anticipating throughout the film. And you're not, this whole film is is Corey versus Lori. And then Michael just strolls in and he's like, it, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, go, it's, it reminds me of old, like, 80s video games where you'd go through the whole level and at the end there's just a bad guy to fight that had nothing to do with everything else you just did. <laughs> like, it, it's frustrating. But then the other side of it is, like, these are people are in their 70s and you have them throwing fridges at each other and you're like, I thought, like, <laughs> like, Lori wasn't, couldn't remember when she put her pumpkin pie in the thing at the beginning of the movie, remember? That was three days before this and now she's throwing <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you understand what I said though? Or if, if someone had said, Oh, well they brought in a completely different creative team to make this movie. Oh yeah. A creative team did not watch the last two movies. No, like if they just said like something vague, like, okay, like if, if the creative team was given, like, here's what the killer looks like. He doesn't talk. And, uh, in 1978, he killed some people in 2018. He escaped, killed some more people later that night. Uh, a mob attacked him. They clearly killed him, but then because we remembered that we were supposed to make a third movie, he just got up and killed them all right back. And now we don't know. If you had just said that, if you said that to a writer and then we're like, make a sequel to that, this might be what they come up with. Where they're just like, I don't, maybe he's in a sewer? How could he be in a sewer? Is that okay? (laughs) Like, what else are they supposed to do? But these are supposed to be the same creative team that announced a trilogy back when they announced, in 2018, they announced this as a trilogy. Why, why did they do that? Why did they lie to us? 
Danny McBride's got some explaining to do. He does. And the fucking like David Gordon Green, who directed this film, is supposed to be making like something in the Exorcist universe next. I'm not fucking watching that. No. Like. <laughs> no interest. Uh, like, I mean, if if they screwed up Halloween this bad, imagine what they'll do to the Exorcist. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I feel like that was part of it. Like, they're like, oh, we got this Exorcist job. Oh, shit. We still got to do the third Halloween. I don't know. Maybe. Just slap some shit together. And then we could be on. it. I don't know. It, 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 this movie feels very much like some of the like some of the lesser like Hellraiser sequels and shit where they're like, we have this spec script. How can we just turn it into a Halloween movie? You know what I mean? Like that, that's kind of what this felt like. And they're like, well, how are we going to explain that the killers in the sewer? I don't know. Four years later. Is that enough? That's enough. Right. (laughs) Uh, So frustrating. I just, I don't, and like there were, we haven't even gotten to some of like the most like laughable moments in this movie. Like I laughed out loud multiple times in the theater. There are no jokes in the movie. And I like almost felt guilty because I was like laughing out loud and I couldn't <laughs> control myself when. So when they're at the bar and like, cause there's a couple of scenes at the bar, but the one is where they run into like the mom and she freaks out on Corey. Like, Oh, are you having it out here? Having a good time, even though my son's still dead. And I'm like, I thought the mom actually gives a decent performance. I thought the moment made sense of like why Corey doesn't want to go out ever, even though like if you, yeah, like, so I like, like all that kind of worked. And then he goes, there's another scene at the bar where the dad is there this time. And the dad gives like a long speech and it is, I can't, I can't even remember what he said, but part of that is because I was belly laughing at him while he was trying to give this performance. <laughs> I was like, oh, what the fuck is going on and why is this in this movie? I, I just literally like uncontrollable laughter. And I'm like, I don't think he's trying to be funny. Like, it's just that. And then the, the fucking uncle has that line of dialogue when Corey's finally like, he's like, I'm leaving. And his mom's like, you can't leave even though you're, 25 and can do whatever you want um and the uncle just goes well i hope you find love and i'm like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) what is going on in this movie (laughs) jesus christ like ah uh why was Lindsay wallace in this movie ah it's because she's a legacy character (laughs) they made like a big deal about the like Lindsay's coming back for the third one well like, so she serves drinks at a bar twice, and that's it. She reads some tarot cards or some shit. But okay. um, here, you guys might have to help me out with this because I'm not up to date on pop culture. But isn't the actress now like on a reality show of some kind? So one of those Real Housewives shows. Yeah. So is it a? Is it possible that she has enough of a following that it makes sense to have her in your movie to get the people who watch that show to watch this, and or b? Is she making enough money doing other things that in order to get her back, they had to be like, well, you can be input to movies. Is that, I don't think so. You don't think so. You don't think either one of those. Possible? I, don't, I don't feel like the crossover would be enough for them to care. And Good. I don't know. She, I mean, she probably makes enough money, but I, I don't know. I, I, the, I don't this is why I'm deal. guessing why she's here because 
like in a world where they didn't go and get the original actor to play Tommy, why did they get her to play Lindsay when she's not particularly good at acting? Is there any really like I, I'm legitimately curious, like why you would if you're if you went and got both of the original actors and hey, even if they're not very good, you just want to have the original actors, I would get it. If you recast both because you want to get people who suit the roles and play adult versions of those characters, hey, I get it. If you recast one and not the other, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So I, I still don't know why that happened, but I really don't know why. Again, I don't know why they made the second film because it none of this makes any sense. So. Like it really feels like they they definitely only planned out one film and then we're like fuck 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 when they realized they actually had to make two more. That's an absolute I'm 100% convinced that that's what happened because that first film if you ended it there you'd be like okay. Legacy sequel, she killed him in the house, whatever. The second movie again, not a terrible idea to bring the other townsfolk in but just shit storytelling that they obviously slapped together. And this third film again, I it really feels like they had a spec script that they tried to turn into a Halloween movie. And then somebody with the last name of Cod was like, no, no, no. Last 10 minutes is Laurie fighting Michael. And they're like, oh, okay. Can we throw him in a big industrial thing after? And they're like, I guess. I don't know. See why not. It did look kind of cool when they threw him in. The way it was, the way the whole thing was done was poorly done, too, by the way, just since we're complaining about the filmmaking or I am. I don't know if you guys ever want to say anything, feel free to. But like that whole (laughs) the whole thing where they're like driving up to the big like industrial crusher thing. And I'm like, we've already had this thing set up in the movie, so I know what it is. And I still couldn't the way it's shot. I'm like, are they going to drive the car into a car crusher? Because that's what it looks like. And then Lori was happening. Lori hops up there with him and she like jumps in and I'm like, none of the previous shots showed us that there was a platform there for her to stand on. So for a minute, I thought she was just going to like throw herself in with the body and like commit suicide. Yeah. And I I actually was thinking the exact same thing. And I'm like that, if they do that, that's ludicrous. But I'm like, and then they, then they bring the camera around afterwards to show us that she had somewhere to land. And I'm like, it almost looked like that scene in back of the future Two, where Marty jumps off the thing. And then it, Diff like looks over the edge and the DeLorean was there the whole time. So he didn't die. Like that's how ridiculous <laughs> it looks when she jumps down. And I'm like, that's again, if you're trying to trick us for the second time in 10 minutes into thinking Lori's killing herself, good job. But it, if for, I don't think that's what they were trying to do. I think they're just bad at it. And so they just accidentally tricked us because everyone I know is like talks about either they were going to drive the car into a thing or she was going to jump in the thing with him. And I don't think that was ever the intention. Like, and that, that's not even getting into how stupid the whole procession thing was. Like, <laughs> that's not how we do things. Well, it is tonight. It is tonight. <laughs> From all these characters we haven't seen Fuck. in the whole movie. They have been there the whole movie. They're just like, guys, remember these guys from the last movie? And I'm like, no, not really. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know their names, but like, I guess it matters if you bring them there. I don't know. So fucking frustrating, though. I like, like well, uh, they got a wheelchair that one lady in since she didn't die in the last movie. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing, too. Like, so that lady started like yelling at Lori last time and stuff. And I'm like, it's so weird that this town blames Lori for any of Michael's kills. How are they blaming her? 
what is the logic behind that? Is it one of the conspiracy theories that because a lot of people seem to blame her for the fact that Michael killed people. And I don't understand how you could possibly blame her like she's it doesn't make any sense. I have no clue. And again, like if you wanted to make it like because that might be kind of interesting if people were blaming Lori and her family for what Michael did, even though that's completely unfair. And they were blaming Corey for what he did, even though what he did was an accident. Then that would help explain why the characters are like coming together and they would they would seek kinship. But by not having that play out that way, it's just like we have these random moments where they're like, yeah, also Lori is responsible for everything Michael did. And it's like, I don't I don't see how she is. I watch Halloween every year and I'm pretty sure all she did was drop a key off. Like it's not, I don't see how that's her fault. You know what I mean? And the second, and like in the 2018 film, yeah, Michael goes on a killing spree, but it's got nothing to do with Lori. Like it's just because he escapes. It's not, it's not her fault. That bus crashed. It's uh, the whole thing. Yeah, she absurd. says something about like if, that if you didn't like antagonize him or something, he wouldn't have killed yeah. everybody. I don't remember her well, antagonizing anybody. She's, sure? she's blaming her for all the crazy shit that went down in the last movie because the hysteria of the entire town breaking down over the Michael Myers stuff where they like killed the guy in the hospital and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Oh. No, but there's there's a, a moment where I think it's like the DJ that actually says like she teased a guy with brain damage until he snapped or something. It's like that never happened in any of these movies. And if you want it to be a conspiracy theory, then you have to do a better job of showing that, which is the only guess I have at what they were doing. But it's a guess. Yeah, I don't know. You guys terrible. want to complain about that? Want to complain about that scene where Laurie was gonna kill herself, but then she didn't? <laughs> this elaborate He's... setup so that Michael Myers, who is not a rational thinking human being, will be tricked. Or was it Corey? I guess she's she's he tricking Corey. She's tricking Corey. So she does this thing where she's going to pretend to kill herself. Which the thing is, it's not even. Let's go with, okay, she's setting a trap for Corey. Okay, fine. Let's go through the number of things that are wrong with this whole scenario. First of all, it goes on for way too fucking long. It went on for long enough that I, like, I was in the theater and I nudged my buddy and went, she's obviously not going to kill herself. And they're taking too much time, which makes this stupid. And then some more time passed. And then I went, maybe she is going to kill herself. Which is also fucking stupid like now there's no way out of this scenario that would make me happy because you spend way too much time on this like setup i'm like neither of these scenarios is going to make me happy then they do the 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 dumb reveal with her shooting a pumpkin which is uh, whatever okay (laughs) but it's the pumpkin from the opening credits doug no i don't appreciate your tone Uh, (laughs) but then she kicks the the door open and she's like, I got you, son of a bitch. Corey is wearing Michael Myers' mask. The same mask he was wearing in 1978, the same mask he was wearing in 2018. Do you know how Laurie reacts to that? Not applicable. 
She does not react at all to the fact that the guy who opens the door is wearing the mask that she has been scared of her entire fucking life. They just they don't bother to play that up. Well, she was watching the movie. She knew Corey went down there to take it from. Her. And it's then, a spaceballs thing. Yeah, it is a spaceballs thing. Maybe you're right. Maybe you know what that makes sense. So then she fires a couple of bullets into this kid, right? And he goes off the balcony. And he's not going to die because we've seen Halloween movies before and the guy in the mask doesn't die. So maybe it's supernatural. Maybe who knows why he doesn't die. But he he doesn't. Still no. Still now I'm trying to figure out like, okay, so she called in a suicide, but then she puts bullets into this guy. When the cops show up, they're going to know he didn't do this to himself. Like, what was the logic of calling in that suicide? Then by sheer coincidence, Corey decides to suicide himself. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess he solved that plot hole for us, didn't he? Because all of a sudden it's like now it is a suicide. And I'm like, I don't. I don't know. Suicide with with bullets in him, too. Well, yeah. Like, No, no. I mean, he killed himself after I shot him. It's yeah, and I'm I'm sure there's a test they could do. They'd call like their whatever their dexter is. He stabbed to come himself in, and, in the neck with that knife with my fingerprints on it. Yeah. So this is she's holding when somebody walks into the door. Her granddaughter walks in. How about this yeah. though? So then after all this, right? After all this happens, we're not done complaining about this scene yet. This is all like three minutes of the movie that I'm complaining about right now. All this happens, the granddaughter walks in, sees her with the knife, panics, leaves, right? The granddaughter gets like a call from the cop saying, oh, my God, someone called in a suicide at your mom's house. And she beats the cops there. That's how she walked in. How did the cops call her and she beat them to the house instead of the cops showing up there first? None of that makes any sense. (laughs) Uh, It's all. It's, it's all just whatever they wanted to be on the screen in the moment they did without thinking through the implications at all. And again, like there's, there are some okay ideas in this movie. If they just decided to actually tell the story properly, actually have good characters, you know, Um, what else did you guys not, what else did you guys not like? We need more. Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to try try to think of what we haven't covered. (laughs) It's okay to it's okay to recover things if you have different complaints about the scenes I already bitched about. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else. Sorry, I may have kind of taken over this this movie. (laughs) I may have like overtaken this podcast by just screaming every time any scene gets brought up. No, no, you were the one who said that we needed its own special episode. Yeah, no, it's pretty fun though. That guy gets acetylene torched in the mouth. Yeah, yeah that's what, did you, cool. what did you guys think about the uh, the scene where he cuts off the guy's tongue, the DJ's tongue, and it falls on the turntable and it keeps <laughs> like hitting the like whatever you call the like arm of the record player and yeah. skipping the record. <laughs> I got to admit, I enjoyed that, yeah. even though it went on way too long, but I, I did enjoy it. I think because I'd given up on the movie by that point. So that's why I was okay to just enjoy that moment that was probably too slapsticky and belongs more in a Friday the 13th sequel than a Halloween sequel. Uh, the showdown at the junkyard. I remember having issues with it, but I don't remember why. All the high school kids come and then yeah. 
Cause is it because they were high school kids that were chasing down a 25 year old that they've been bullying? Is that any of the problem? Nobody else, like, <laughs> maybe. By the way, like, nobody else seems to have this complaint about the movie. Like, all the reviews I've read and shit. Nobody else is like, why is he getting bullied by like 17 year olds? 17 year olds who are in the band, by the way. They're not even like 17 year old football <laughs> players. It's like he's getting bullied by the high school marching band in his mid 20s, which, like, it raises the other, like, and and this isn't a fair criticism, but like, what is he doing there? Like when he when he got off on that murder, when he when he was found not guilty, you get the fuck out of town, right? <laughs> you would think so. Like he was at the beginning of the movie, he was trying to get into engineering school. That's why he was like taking the babysitting gig. Go to engineering school, man. Like that's well, what he, right? <laughs> you're probably you're probably not getting accepted. Do a lot of. I think you get in somewhere. Especially depending on how how once you're found glo- not global guilty. that story is. Yeah, like that story probably isn't something that goes national. And once you're found not guilty, I think you're probably you get in somewhere. So you don't think it's national? You don't think babysitter kills kid in the same town that killer killed everybody the year before? I don't know. I can't. I still I don't even know if Haddonfield's a town or a city, so it's hard to imagine. What about the fact that like now I'm nitpicking because. Sure. Why not? So what about the fact that the Myers house we saw like in the last movie that the Myers house has been restored and picked up and everything. But that fucking beautiful mansion throughout that in where the kid dies in 2019, they didn't even clean the blood off the floor. They just let that <laughs> thing go to hell. Like what? Like that. Okay. I understand the parents would move. I get that, but that's like a million dollar house. They just let it rot because their kid died there as opposed to, you know, like, again, if people are living in the Myers house at this point, I think they'd be willing to live in that house. I'll buy a house where a kid died. If I can get a deal on it. Although in this movie, they did say they tore the Myers house down. Yes, they finally did after after the 2018 yeah. incident, <laughs> 45 years later. Yeah. But uh, like, it's just, yeah. it's just frustrating. What about that moment where, so Corey goes in and it's, it's all just done for the visual so that we can see he's sleeping on the blood stain. That's still there. And then like the next morning when he wakes up, Lori's just there like a dick. <laughs> like she just, <laughs> she's like, she wakes him up, I guess, because she's like banging her chair and he's like, what are you, are you here? And he's, she's like, yeah, and now, now that I found you sleeping in an abandoned house on here, I'm also going to say you can't date my granddaughter. And he's like, but I want to though. And she's like, nope, because you were outside my window. And 40 years ago, a different guy was outside my window. So sorry, 44 years ago. So now you're not allowed to date my granddaughter anymore. And it's like, and then she just disappears. I actually saw like some of the stuff I read they were like, were they trying to imply that she was never really there and he's insane? Or are we to assume she was there? Cause she does just kind of appear and then disappear. <laughs> like, Yeah. Fuck, fuck this movie. It's just fuck this. Fuck these filmmakers, man. The pretentiousness of like, we're going to reboot the Halloween franchise and we, for the first time, will do it right. We're bringing back Laurie and we're going to set up a final confrontation between Michael and Laurie. And then 
first of all, you steal the plot from Halloween four. So congratulations, geniuses. Your first movie is just, they're transporting Michael on Halloween and the bus crashes and he escapes. Then you make that nonsense. That was kills where you've got that people don't understand the difference between six foot two, Michael Myers and five foot one, the penguin. And now you go ahead and you make this movie, which you took your spec script and inserted Michael Myers into it in a haphazard way just to have the climax be the fight between the two people who haven't been the main characters since 2018 came out. It's like, what are you doing? Like, ah, just fucking just at least maybe the next reboot will get it right. Maybe when they like, you know, if you think about it, like, you know, the Halloween franchise started in 78, then they did a soft reboot in 88, then 98, then in 2018. So we're like already almost at the next one, right? <laughs> I would not be surprised if there was not one announced next week. Hey, guess I what's mean, coming next year? A new Halloween franchise. Absolutely nothing would surprise me, but my. If in 2028 there isn't one, I will actually be a little bit surprised if they don't just go. Yeah, like it's been a couple of years, so we can just redo it again. Right. And maybe there'll be a couple of and it'll have a great title like Halloween begins again. (laughs) It'll probably just be called Halloween. Let's be honest. Or it'll be called Myers or something clever like that. Why why was the first one called Halloween anyway in 2018? Like, why didn't they (laughs) give it another title? Call it Halloween too. I don't know. You get a fourth one in the franchise called Halloween. Like, ah, it's just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because there was potential. I think if these were just like atrociously bad boobies, I'd be easier to deal with than the fact that it's these movies that had some potential. Like the idea of Laurie's been waiting 40 years for Michael to escape. He finally does. And he comes after her and they have a final confrontation. Okay, that's that's a movie. It's not a trilogy of movies, but it's a movie. The idea of this new character is going through the Christine character arc and somehow finds kinship with Michael Myers and puts on the Myers mask to do his killing. Okay, that's an idea. You can do that, but you can't do them in the same trilogy of films. You can't have this character be such an important part of this movie and never having mentioned him in the previous two movies. You, you can't have us try to buy into like Laurie's and his romance when it lasts a day and a half. You know what I mean? There's a reason why Romeo and Juliet were teenagers, because when you tell a story about people who think they're madly in love two days after meeting each other, it makes sense if they're 14. It doesn't make sense if they're in their mid 20s and they've both had like significant trauma in their lives. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like where they would be guarded and reserved. It's. Not to mention in that dance scene in the bar when he lays down on the floor, I'm like, who fucking does that? That's ridiculous. That's my other complaint about this movie. I'm sure I <laughs> Corey's just a dumbass. He's just a bad dancer. I did kind of like his scarecrow mask when he was killing though. During yeah. his like rise of Leslie Vernon time where he was learning from the older serial killer how to be a serial killer. Yeah. 
Why was he able to beat up Michael Myers so easily when Myers just recently had been strong enough to put a knife through a woman and pin her to a wall? Why isn't Michael either a decrepit old man or this supernatural force that doesn't feel pain? He, how can he be both? Cause, yeah, it's it's a solid comeback. I know. <laughs> Are you sure you're not a paid shill for the uh, trying to justify this film? Oh, trust me, I am not. Oh fuck, I I am so frustrated by these this whole thing. It's like I I kind of like half watched halloween five i put it on in the background today while i was like cleaning the house and doing laundry yeah. and i'm like remember the good old days when i complained about halloween five and i'm like now it seems it seems so much better now because you're just like yeah michael myers has a psychic connection to a little girl and loomis is an insane person that abuses children fine whatever it still makes more sense than the new ones <laughs> they kill off the protagonist from four just to have a her friend take her place for the rest of the movie for reasons sure okay like as if that even, as if that even counts as a complaint after you've sat through the chronicles of cory here yeah. director said he was trying to pull a psycho it's absolutely no sense though what trying to pull a psycho uh making people le- believe that rachel's going to be the sort of the final girl for part five oh okay off. i thought you i thought sorry i thought you meant in um that you meant in the newest one i can see what you're talking about part five yeah yeah i can see that in part five it's not still still a dumb decision nobody nobody should ever carry compare that movie to psycho again (laughs) but i get it uh anything else to complain about no i know i know there's like i know there's more and i bet you like the next time we sit down, I'll probably just start spewing hate towards the movie again. <laughs> I don't know. It's very plausible. I, I, I'm sure I've missed stuff. Uh, what, what's your guys' uh, Halloween plans this year? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's... I think it's give out... Um, bags of chips and hope not that many kids come because I want to keep the bags of chips for myself. <laughs> Give me chips. Huh? I got, like I got Doritos and Cheetos because it's like my favorite snack and my kids' favorite snack. So I'm just kind of hoping not that many kids come and then I just have snacks in the house for going forward. Nice. So that's kind of the goal. I don't know. I'm, my local indie theater is playing Night of the Living Dead. And I'm like, that's the perfect Halloween plan. I want to do that. They're playing it at six. Don't play it at six. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't like, like I don't want to. Yeah, and that at night I think they're playing like Shaun of the Dead or something at night, and I'm like that would be still be fun, but Night of the Living Dead would be perfect. Like, I just would. It's kind of frustrating. Some of the theaters within like 45 minutes of here have been showing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so, you know, since I got jack shit to do tomorrow, since it, you know was supposed to be my seventh wedding anniversary. Yeah. I looked to see if they were showing good movies at the movie theater for me to see. Maybe some sort of retro thing. They're not playing nothing around here. Yeah. That's some bullshit. There should be more horror movies out too, shouldn't there? Like, I went and saw Smile the other night because I'm like, I'll go see a horror movie. And I'm like, why is that the only one playing? Like, there should, shouldn't there be a couple? I mean, I guess there's like three. Like what? Well, there's... Smile still in theaters. Pray for the devil. 
Oh yeah. Are you nice. getting ter- you getting Terrifier two up there, Doug? Terrifier two. Terrifier two played one night only in my town, and it was a night when I had my kids. So it's a bummer. We'll see if it pops up at the indie theater next week or something. I actually do kind of want to see it. It's been playing for a month up here or down here. Yeah. They keep saying, like, all right, we're going to keep it over for one more week. And then it's like, oh, (laughs) we're made like five million dollars so far in the theater. Well, I guess one more week. I don't understand why my local theater has been doing this thing where they play like because they did it with Clerks 3 and now they're doing it with Terrifier 2. They're like, well, we'll give you one night. It's like, why? Why? Are, why? At least give it a weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't understand. Like, like, and I, like I go because I do go to like I went and saw Smile on like a Wednesday night. You know what I mean? Like I do go to I see how empty it is on these weeknights. Just play these weird indie movies that have a built in audience that might come on a weird night. You know, like people like me that would go see Clerks 3 or Terrifier 2 on a Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever. Just. But I don't know. They don't seem to want to do it. Jerks. Uh, I don't know. Anything else? Nah, I don't think so. That's <laughs> all right. We can. Uh, Fucking ne- next time we'll have a bunch of stuff to talk about, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Probably. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Happy Halloween, though, guys. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Just don't watch yeah. Halloween ends. Yeah, go go do spooky things. Don't, don't watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs>